It's time for Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, identical twins who swam the placental waters together and have navigated life as identical individuals. At childhood, the brothers shared clothes, a room, and birthdays, thus fortifying their bond. Nevertheless, their differences became apparent. While Jose and Angel love country, family, and rock and roll, they rarely see eye to eye. The only constant is their unique alliance and rivalry. They may have shared the room, but they don't share opinions. And welcome to another edition of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. I'm Jose, and I have not been sexually harassed by Herman Cain. <laughs> and uh, I'm Angel, and I'm also cold. <laughs> We're coming at you live from Theo Luis's garage. It is one of those days in... Um, in this part of the Twiniverse where we say it's kind of cold, but we know that in other parts of our Twiniverse, you guys are laughing because it's a lot colder. But we're not used to this. No, it's it's really cold and... Dia uh, Luis's garage you does know, I not need, have... I need a little uh, uh, rompope or atole or así café <laughs> con canela. Hey, did you have a radio on or something? I'm no, hearing it. it's not me, brother. Okay, because we got we got to turn everything down. Anyways, we're going to have a fantastic show for you today. We are so happy that you guys are joining us again live as we broadcast from Theo Luis's garage. Remember that you can always catch us anytime on TwinTalkCast.com because our pod, uh, you can download our podcast there and also on iTunes. All right? our shows are, are, are archived on our website and you can podcast it on iTunes because we are iTwins. So... Pull out your favorite Apple gadget and listen to Los Cuates. Bring out your devices, folks. We are not shy or embarrassed if you have your devices with you in the tub while you work out, while you make love. You can listen to us. We don't mind that. No. We're not shy at all. We're not even jealous. Anyway, today we're going to have a fantastic show. Today, today we're going to have a fantastic show. Today. Well, let's, <laughs> let's tell our listeners that weren't here last week about last week's show. Oh, last week's show was fantastic. Last week we had Red Rose Mafia, the founder and creator, or founder uh, of the uh, uh, brand clothing Red Rose Mafia and Sisterhood, uh, Adela Delgado was here along with the Red Rose Mafia dolls. Let me tell you, they were they are a chola, a group of cholas with a cause. No, and, they're not. Uh, let me tell you. Let me. They're tell you. not cholas. They're cholas, All right, eh? They're, they're cholas. Let get me tell you. Cholas. Get, that's like saying uh, tortilla, man. <laughs> or quesadilla. Yeah, or quesadilla. Anyway, they're, it, I they're was really cholas. impressed. I got to tell you, I was really impressed with them. They are a group of women that are, um, you know, they all come from differing backgrounds, and they help other women uh, with support group and what have you. And at the same time, they give back to the youth of the neighborhoods, children like Toys for Tots and things like that. And they got that chola style, baby. They got it. They, you know, they're rocking it again, man. <laughs> anyway, they're really, it's a good show. Check it out. It's called Red Rose Mafia with the Twins. Check it out on Twin Talk Cast and but, subscribe. And we also had Jessica Hart. Uh, special agent, or special agent, or, or special? What do they call it? Specialist on the U.S. Army. Jessica Hart <laughs> was here because this month is um, Honor Family of the Military Day or something like that. So month. Uh, so we decided to have her on our show and talk about that. And she happens to be our niece, and she's back at the fort 
And her her sergeant called in. You guys ought to hear it. It's pretty cool. The guy from uh, the sergeant guy called in. It was Sar- pretty cool. Staff Sergeant Darby called in. Thanks for listening. He's a new fan of ours. Shout out to you. Also, um, it was a great show, but this week we have a fantastic show. This week, I'm going to dub it. Jack, hey. Jackie, I'm going to dub it. I'm going to dub it the the sexual harassment, give me some propofol, I think I've been molested show. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's a really nice little select to the show. To help us out with that later on, it's going to be Jackie Casas well, with the current events. Hello, Jackie. Hello. Hi, Jackie. Also, fantastic, fantastic. We have a great guest. His name is Willie. Let me tell you. Willie Bass. Okay. The But it's spelled Bassy. No, or Bassy. Bassy. I thought it was Bassy. It's Willie Bass. Anybody who knows the Sunset Strip and anybody, if you if you hear of bands like Slash and Guns N' Roses and Dokken and all those, you will know that there's an association association uh, with uh, Willie Bass because he has uh, been a part of all of that. And He's a, the lead singer of the uh, uh, metal pioneers at the rock, uh, at the Sunset Strip, Black Sheep. Yes, and... Um, and He's, he's gonna he's gonna be here with he's us got today. A badass voice. Man. Well, let me tell you about this guy. He's fantastic. He's um he's a very well known um, artist in the industry, and he's gonna utilize his uh, celebrity and his talent because he is also have a cause. We have people with a cause here this month. It's that time of year. <laughs> Last week it was Cholas with a cause. Uh-huh. This week is a rocker with a cause, and uh, he's he's got a mission, Angel. He's on a mission to feed the world. He the doesn't want to. He doesn't want it to like just. Uh, like, you know, make some money and give some food to the pe- people on Skid Row. He wants, he's literally on a mission to feed the world. So we're going to talk about right that. Right on. Also, also tonight, uh, we know a lot of crazy things happened in the news recently. So Jackie Casas is going to be with us with current events later. Right, Jackie? Yes. We have our very own reporter on the street through Boston, Mass, via Canada. Mr. Brendan Jeffreyan, who's going to be here telling us what happened on the streets in front of the criminal courts building because it was chaos when they re- reached a verdict on the Conrad Murray trial. Well, you had the the court for Conrad Murray, Michael Jackson fanatics, and then across the street you had the Occupy LA people too, right? And then across the street on the other side, it was the media. It was mm-hmm. just a lot of craziness. And, w- and where were the paisas at? <laughs> and, anyways, it was fantastic. And... Uh, and 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 oh, we got Willie Bass coming in right What's now. What's happening, Willie? All right, he's coming in. We're going to be with him in a little while. Also, Miss um, Legal Analyst, Television Commentator, Illegal Analyst, Miss Robin Sachs. You can catch her on RobinSachs.com. Illegal Analyst. <laughs> that must be my tia. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> She's going to be with us later on. She's going to help us break down what happened, what went right, or what went wrong. On the Dr. Conrad Murray trial. And she's awesome. You can catch her all the time on Fox, on MSNBC, NBC, all the networks, CNN. And guess what? She was on one of our shows. On She came to our garage. Remember that, brother? I did. She was fantastic. She she was wondering where the keg was, yes. man. <laughs> she's like, where's the keg, man? I'm kicking it in the garage with the twins and no keg. Anyway, that's what's going on. And so... um uh, fantastic show. I can't wait to move on. Sorry we started a little bit late. We had a little technical difficulties, but that's because we're broadcasting out of garage. Give us a break, folks. Hey, uh, uh, Willie Basie showed up with his backstage pass still, eh? Okay. <laughs> we just covered that. It's He's, Willie, Willie Bass. Willie Bass. Did I say bass? <laughs> sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, hold on. I'm sorry. Let me get that back on. All right. 
I've been called much worse. <laughs> <laughs> so here we go. We got we got uh, fantastic shout outs, man. We got fantastic show. Uh, let's let's before we continue, I want everyone to to stop what they're doing. Pick up a phone next to their computer or device that they're listening. Call a friend. Go ahead. And tell them to log on to TwinTalkCast.com because we have a fantastic show. But right now it's time for my brother's shout-outs. I got a shout-out brought to you by Express Cuts every week. Shout-out to Myrna Frausto. Hey, homegirl, I'm really sorry I left you out on the shout-outs last week and your girls were here, the RRM dolls. I love you, baby. Uh, Leticia Tavares, you finally listened. See, you're hooked, homegirl. Thanks for listening. And uh, Dope Boy Fly, I left out the boy last week, Holmes. So there you go. Dope Boy Fly out in New Jersey. Thanks for listening, Holmes. Uh, Nancy Marie Artiaga, Linda Emmert is in the house this time, brother. Terry Bonds. Awesome. What's up, Linda? Stephanie Amado. Jim Dexter. Jenny Lynn Perkins in Utah. Uh, What's uh, up? I love Utah. The hot white girls are all coming from Utah. I'll say it over and over and over again. Get uh, off a plane. Bianca Swift. The first thing you see is a hot white girl. (laughs) Thanks for listening, Bianca Swift. And Uman Tekum, you're always listening, Holmes. I really appreciate it. My brother and I both do. When are you going to come back on the show, Holmes? My baby Lulu, or my girl Lulu, how are you, babe? And I got to say hello to Lenny. What's up? Lenny? Lenny. Lenny's listening? He's a little Chicano. He's he's a canine Chicano. You know why? Because <laughs> he's, he's a cross between a Chihuahua and a Crocker Spaniel, so... And born in East L.A., so he's a Chicano dog, I, I eh? can't believe you're saying hello to a dog, dude. Yeah, man. He, goes Le- he looks like a Jack Russell. So maybe we can call him Joaquin you know, Roberto. No, you know what he looks like? Niclo on American Me, eh? <laughs> <laughs> Jack Russell. Didn't he sing Great White? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Anyhow, that was the shout-outs brought to you by Express Cuts. Because you guys got to get your hair pimped at one time or another. So go to Express Cuts uh, in the city of El Monte or... Big Monte Homes. Just go to 10420 Laura Souza Road and uh, walk in or call them and drive in, roll in, hop in, crawl in. Just mention Twin Talk. Uh, Call 626-448-1931 for an appointment and mention the twins because you get a free blow dry and conditioning treatment with every purchase because that's how we roll, Homes. Right on, it's eh. <laughs> anyway, so you know what? We're going to be right back with the. Um, we'll be right back with uh, current events. Stay tuned, babe. Tuesday is Twins Day. Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel at 7 p.m. Tune in to Twin Talk for the premiere of American Vato, where you can pick a real homegrown Vato to be the first American Vato. 
out these creases, Ese. Don't cut yourself. I got my flannel, my khakis, and my imperials, Ese. Que mas quieres? Will it be El Enano from East LA with his firme threads but menacing stare? Don't be a chava, Ese. Vote for me, because I'm the real American vato. I'm the most firme ruca in this joint, Ese. Or la shy girl from Bowling. And Chucho, and my man. She's got connections, eh? Shout out to my homegirl, Sapa. Hey, Sapa, I got your eyeliner, eh? Orale, that's a firme track, Holmes. Turn it up till it bumps. Or do you prefer to groove with Flaco from Dogtown? I get the ladies, Ese. Orale, Holmes. You can't groove it like me, Ese. This is how I get the niñas, eh? So show America where you're from, Ese, and call on your cell, or from your cell, to vote for the first American Vato. Premiere soon on Twin Talk. That's more like it. Welcome back to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. Well, so there you go. Little American Vato from the Vatos and Tio Luis's Garage. Like I said, we're going to come back and talk to uh, Jackie Casas because she's got her current events. Jackie. Welcome back. Oh, I don't have your mic up. Sorry. Oh, what's up with that? Uh, oh, sorry. Welcome <laughs> back. Have you been, Jackie? I've been good. I've been good. I had such a interesting week. Not such a lovely week, but we're okay. hoping this will be better. Okay. Oh. Uh, I know. Did they have you stuck over where all that Michael Jackson fiasco? No, thank goodness. Yeah. That was Jose's job. <laughs> that was my job. <laughs> Let me tell you. I did, um, one day I did... Um, I was up at 3 a.m. and I got off at uh, midnight, and then the next day I was worked at 3 a.m. and I got off at, at 8 p.m. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not jealous. No. Not at all. No. All not I, at all. Go ahead. Can I describe what it was like in front of that? Sure. In front of the Michael Jackson, Conrad Murray trial, you're directly across from the criminal courts building, and the whole sidewalk is closed for the media because there's no other, no one can walk through. All the media is set up. There's a crawl space basically for you to walk behind the media, and it's your, 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 the buses are driving by, trucks, you're breathing in exhaust, and I don't know, man, and every, you, Five minutes uh, there, and you come breathing back. Breathing in exhaust. You come back. Oh, uh, Try breathing it for eighteen <laughs> hours, bro. Okay. Yeah. Not to not to mention, um, you know, the dust and the dirt that comes up with it all the time. So yeah. Was yeah. it raining when you were out there? It rained one day. Mm. Yeah, one day when I was out there, man, it sucks. Mm. Anyway, so what's sorry. Go- what's going on with current events? Well, just talking about the Conrad Murray trial. We'll start off with that. After six week long trial of witness testimony and evidence, Dr. Conrad Murray was found guilty of involuntary manslaughter in the case of the international pop star Michael Jackson, which of course is the trial that we are all been following, we're all familiar with. Um, it took the jurors almost nine hours to reach a verdict. Um, which really didn't didn't show that they were too um, confused. All I know is that when you hear the word slaughter, it just it, it conjures up like if he had a hammer or or something that he was slaughtering <laughs> him with. You know, I don't I don't get it. Eh? Hey, here's 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 the deal. Here's the deal. The poor guy. I, did you? I don't know if you watched it on TV, but I I really felt bad for the guy. Why? The expression on his face looked like he was just 
demolished. No, he had no expression. That was the thing. It wasn't. He didn't seem like. Oh man, he wasn't crying. He wasn't devastated. He was just like. Well, I knew uh, I fucked up, so it sounded like I wasn't expecting otherwise. Like, he was so emotionless. Jackie, no you, know, you know, that's that's what a lot of women are saying. I don't feel bad uh, for him. A lot of I girls are like... He was more in shock. Yeah. He was in shock. Yeah. I don't... I really think he wasn't. Like, so then the sheriff came in, and they remanded him into custody. He is... Um, he doesn't have... He can't be out on bail until he's sentenced on November See, 29th. See, that's why I don't get it. When do you see somebody who's a, who's a doctor, first of all... This is a precedent. A doctor who it's a it's a very bad malpractice. I'll tell you that. Okay, exactly. But, well, but then and then he's handcuffed. Is he really a flight risk? Really? I'm sorry, he's not. Well, and you got Lindsay Lohan who's walking <laughs> the streets right now, about to run somebody over because she's high. <laughs> she's more dangerous than freaking uh, uh, a poor doctor. I feel bad for him. Okay, listen. I don't guy, think. Like I'm not finished. Oh, okay, la chingada. Okay. <laughs> Orale, go. <laughs> the, I, you took my thunder, babe. Go okay. for it. Well, it, it, it's. I think what the judge wasn't that concerned that he's a flight risk. I think more people would be concerned about the people outside, what they would do to Conrad Murray if he was out in public. If I was Dr. Conrad Murray, I'd rather have that problem, that the problem behind... I think I'd rather be safe in a cell, even though it's boring as hell until my sentencing, November 29th. My ass is going to get run over if I even step outside of my house. You know what? What if you don't you have family that you want to attend to and things? Do you think anybody from Conrad Murray's size wants to even admit that they're related to him right now? Oh, see, there's he has supporters. Let me tell you, he has supporters. He has strangers as supporters, but like, where was his family? I saw the Jackson family in court all the time. His mother was in the courtroom. Most of the time. Most of the yeah, time. Yeah, she, well, you know, I mean, she tried, She was there most of the time. I know his time. baby mama was in court. Let me, hey, man, she's, she was pretty hot. You know what? Let me tell you. You know what struck me? <laughs> if this? I was being handcuffed on the way out, if I was looking to the courtroom, the last thing I saw was a bunch of press and angry parents of Michael Jackson. It would be depressing. I'm going to turn, turn over to my, what know, would my be nice the first lady thing? and say, hey, baby, I, I miss you. <laughs> I'll be back in four. Yeah. <laughs> or like Chuck Willie said, in two and two. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so, hey, so I, 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 I heard that uh, there was some evil tweets going over to NBCLA because you guys covered uh, a, a, an interview by him. Jackie there, knows that there was actually um, a documentary that was being filmed a month after the trial started. I mean, a month before the trial started. Uh-huh. So they were following the prep being of the trial itself. The defense attorneys and they interviewed Conrad Murray and he talked. You know. He talked about the children. He talked about how Michael Jackson was so addicted to propofol and he called it his milk. So there's a lot of controversy because <laughs> the the people are like, Conrad Murray should not be making money off of this. He is a felon. You know, he... There's should- no law against it. There's no law against a felon making money off of their... Um, their but this is what the people... felonizing? They, they, <laughs> they, well, I'll, I'll change that. There is a law. There is sort of a law. Once, you're, once you've been, once you've been uh, convicted... Mm-hmm. There's a certain amount of money or a cap that you can or cannot make, mm-hmm. because you know Ted Bundy was selling paintings out of his yeah. freaking cell, you know. Uh-huh. And I know, I mean, but how about all those, you know, those guys are selling drugs out of their cell or whatever, <laughs> running the cartel, yeah. You know, but whatever the case, let the problem I had was that was the fact that the lawyers allowed that, you know. Well, uh, it's I, a reality show as they put me away in the gallows. Well, he didn't go to the gallows polls or whatever, but. I'm really, I'm not too surprised that this came about. I'm not surprised that there was some sort of uh, 
shooting of what was going on. But it's just people are outraged because they 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 are not happy with Conrad Murray and the fact that he's going to be out there telling his side. Listen, you keep talking about the people that are not happy with Conrad Murray. I'm not saying that what he did Michael was Michael Jackson okay. was pretty happy with him. <laughs> I'm not saying so that Con- I'm not saying that the <laughs> doctor he died happy. <laughs> I'm not saying that the doctor is not criminally negligent uh-huh. for what he did because or allowed to happen, but you're uh, you're you're acting like everyone in the world was against Dr. Murray. The I'm man had a say, lot of supporters. I'm I was not... out there watching these people on the street. Granted, there was a lot of crazy people on those streets. <laughs> but there was, I'll, I'll tell you this one, the crazier people, people were on the Michael Jackson side. Because Michael Jackson fans are hardcore. Oh, they are you. hardcore and they would be <laughs> to the max to support him and to show their love, even if they look kind of cuckoo. Like Michael Jackson was not a normal person. He was a, above and beyond extreme Extremely talented. Um, There's nobody like talent. Michael Jackson. Nobody, nobody like him. So his fans are going to be extremely passionate about what would happen to him. They're going to be hardcore to show their support um, for him. And Conrad Murray, I'm not going to say everyone hates him, but overwhelmingly in comparison to what Conrad Murray has done in his life and what Michael Jackson has done in his life, yeah. I think a Most, lot more people are going to yes. go for yeah. Michael <laughs> Good one. You know what? I think it, the Illuminati okay. killed Michael Jackson. Oh, okay. And Natoya Jackson will be the first one to say that. Man. The Illuminati kills everybody. Okay. We <laughs> got well, to ta- ta- get her on our show. No, so let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about those crazies on the street. Uh, on on. On, on the line right now, we have our reporter that was on the street covering that, the the whole trial, Mr. Brendan Jeffrey. On Brendan, can you hear us? Hey, guys. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks for being on the air with us again. Uh, we've been talking on the air right now about how crazy it was and how about the fact that there was people on both sides of the aisle, if you will, when it came to the um, Conrad Murray trial. But tell us, what was it like on verdict day outside the courtroom? You know, it's very, very interesting. I mean, when I first got there, which was probably, uh, what was it, lunchtime, maybe early afternoon, it was busy, uh, busier than it had ever been, uh, you know, during the whole trial. But definitely verdict day was the busiest. But uh, when I first showed up, there wasn't a whole lot of commotion. There were people, you know, holding their signs and from time to time, you'd hear people yelling, guilty, guilty, and then, you know, Dr. Conrad Murray supporters would say, innocent, innocent. But, as you pointed out, Jose, when you and I were talking yesterday outside the courthouse, uh, as the verdict was getting ready to be read, all of a sudden, you had the nuts from Occupy Wall Street, <laughs> yeah. or Occupy LA, yeah, coming over... And joining the people <laughs> with the Jackson trial. So you have these two big news stories that are almost coming together and intertwined. It was just chaos. I mean, it's because they were, it's because I mean, they heard that they were serving, they were serving milk. <laughs> so like, right? <laughs> so they wanted weird. To and you know, it, go ahead. Go, no, go ahead. No, you go ahead, bro. Another thing that, um, that I thought was funny was, not once, but I took several videos throughout the day just to capture, you know, you want to tweet this stuff, Facebook it, it's, it's history. And um, yeah, it is. one of the things that I noticed when I went back and watched the video that I recorded, 
I had captured multiple people walking around with huge old-fashioned boom boxes, and they were like blaring <laughs> Michael Jackson fans. I mean, these are de- these are like devote fans. Okay, it's like the people that were walking around passing out MJ posters, looking for money. I mean, these are devote people. <laughs> so, uh, all in all, why, explain to the uh, to our listeners what happened the moment the verdict was read. People screamed. I mean, I have never seen, you would think they had announced, uh, you know, that they were giving away free Lady Gaga tickets to everyone that was standing there. I mean, people, the place erupted. People were so excited. And I don't know if you noticed this, but I did catch one woman who had been standing there from day one since that trial started, who was one of Murray's supporters. The minute people started screaming uh, guilty when we had found out, She took her signs and started walking up the sidewalk. She was done. She did not want to be around. So, but for the most part, I mean, people were screaming, chanting. I had heard that some people, you know, started to cry. And and then obviously people hung out for uh, the Jackson family to leave the courthouse. And I don't know if you noticed this, Jose, but what I found interesting was as the family was exiting, um, People were handing flowers, bouquets of flowers to the family, and the family's bodyguards were actually collecting signs, flowers, you name it. They were taking it and putting Phone it in the car and going home with the family. <laughs> well, listen, it was certainly a, 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 a day to remember. Um, many people were affected emotionally either on, on either side, from the Conrad Murray or, or the Michael Jackson side. Hey, listen, Brendan. It, thanks. it stopped work. <laughs> Brendan, thanks so much for being with us and uh, this whole time, letting us know what it was like, all the craziness. Wait and, a second, Brendan. Those are not old. Hey, those are not old fashioned boom boxes. They're old school boom boxes. Okay, Holmes. I'm sorry, old school. Okay, there you go. So, oh, you're right. So, yeah, thanks a lot, Brendan. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. All right, thanks. So anyway, uh, there you go. It was crazy, and um, and so as you know, the 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 trial surprised many people. It did. It surprised many people uh, because, for one, I was surprised that I even, was surprised they didn't get me as a juror, man. Awesome. I would love to do that, man. Dude, you got to register to vote first of all for them to know that you're. Well, I'm registered. <laughs> Doesn't mean I vote though, but I am registered. I really like the just judge. in case of emergency. <laughs> in case they put a Mexican up there, then maybe I'll vote. <laughs> I really liked the judge. I felt like he was very um, understanding of the jurors themselves and how much this trial was going to take away their time, their life. But remember, the judge knew that he was watched by millions as he spoke. Yeah. And, uh, you know. But he never. He wasn't no judge either. the whole trial, he seemed pretty balanced, pretty like, okay, guys, this is not something that's going to be drugged out to like five, six, seven months because we don't want to have replacement of jurors. We don't want to have any of that. You know, these people have lives. These people have to, you know, go back to it. You know what? I've I never, like that. I've never watched it on TV before, the, the Michael Jackson or any other ones mm-hmm. or, or the OG, LJ one. Mm-hmm. But my brother tweeted me yesterday and i had the time so i i i got on i admit it and uh you're right the judge was like telling them like hey you know you don't have to 
talk about it after, but right. you can if you want. He gave like this you know, big he, old speech, like thank you, you know, so much for giving your duty and 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 all that, and it's your American civil duty, and thank you so much for fulfilling it, and thank you for devoting your time. And I thought that was kind of cool because it wasn't like thanks for your time, well, guys. You know what he was like, doing? He was like, dude, this is Michael Jackson. If you don't make money off of this story, you're stupid. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> Talk about. You no, know, he just couldn't say it. Since we're on the legal tip, right now on the line uh, from uh, Robin Sack. Com, TV legal analyst. You catch her on all the networks, Miss Robin Sachs. Robin, can you hear us? I can. How Th- are you guys? Oh, we're fantastic. Thank you so much for being on our show again. I know that you've been very busy with the Michael Jackson, Conrad Murray, and other projects that you're working on in cases. But I guess the main question is, did they get it right? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> in an answer, in, in one word, yes, they did a bang-up job. It's, it was really phenomenal to see that the Los Angeles County DA's office not only win and get a conviction, which is, you know, a, a win for them, but they got the right result, and they did it with class and eloquence and with really good lawyering. And so I'm proud to actually call myself a former DA from that office. That, and you are a former DA. And speaking as a former DA from that office, um, uh, the district attorney spoke, had a press conference afterward, and it really was very clear that uh, Cooley wanted every all the doctors to know that they are making an example of Conrad Murray, or am I wrong? No, listen, Steve Cooley is a law and order kind of dude. He's the prosecutor's prosecutor. He's the cop's prosecutor. He's also a fair prosecutor. He was someone... And if you look at how this case was filed, they deviated there from their own filing standard of filing this case and going for the lesser charge of involuntary manslaughter when there could have been a potential second-degree murder. They went for the safer charge because they wanted a conviction, not just for Conrad Murray, but to send the message to all the other doctors there and get do one once and for all, get rid of the, the prescription drug cartel. Now that's a very yeah. interesting way to put it. <laughs> so, so uh, Robin, uh, is it is it possible? Well, I know it is possible, and it's probably very likely that there'll be a civil suit against Dr. Conrad Murray. Um, when can that be done? Does he have to serve his time first? Well, you know, actually, there has already been civil suits that have been filed. Um, it's my understanding that uh, Joe Jackson, and one may not be surprised that it was he who is the one who is... Uh, the Jackson family member who is carrying the torch on that right away from the beginning, uh, but he did. And uh, and any civil suit is a is a slam dunk at this point because the the standard of proof in a criminal case is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. And unlike a plea of no contest where there could be a whole fight as to whether or not there's an admission, when you have a guilty conviction, you've already met the standard of preponderance of the evidence. Right. So you're you're pretty much done. And and you know the the bigger issue is going to be is you know, is he collectible? Is there money that you can get after go after him? And it's the great irony is, you know, the guy who is motivated or seemingly motivated by greed is going to be a pretty empty pocket, empty pocketed by the end. Now, as a as hey, a, somebody has to pave the child support for bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, man. But, listen, I mean, I, you know, when you have. 10, 12, 15 baby mamas out there, you know? Yeah, that, that happens. <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, you threw me off, brother. I had and a by question. By the way, let me, also, let me also tell you, though, what, just if you're going to get into a little family law, because I'm sure all the baby mamas who listen to your show want to know what their rights are. And the fact <laughs> of the matter is, it's really, 
it's a, a really performa in the state of California. It is there's a dismaster, and it's in a, it's a complete program. It's a mathematical equation, and what the program says is how much time do you spend with a kid, and how much money do you make, and that spits out the number. If he makes no money and he has no job, he will have no support to have to pay. Mm. So the baby mamas, which is probably why we saw the instruments uh, testify the way she did, right. wanted him to be workable and uh, be able to continue as a doctor because uh, her support 100% depended on him being employable. Mm. Very interesting. Very interesting point. But that would, you know, that, there, there goes the incentive. If you're baby daddy, you don't want to work because you want to pay a job. Just go to jail. Just go to jail. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, listen, our, is... our jails are filled, filled with that. And let me tell you, I could actually use a little stint in jail myself a few days, just three square meals and exercise <laughs> and maybe even some suicide watch. I mean, he had carrots, a cheese sandwich, and a you know, fruit juice. That's better than I've eaten in six weeks. But you know what's missing there, right? There's no mojitos. It's Oh, no, see, I'm glass of wine. You guys suckered me into the mojitos, but that's oh. because you got me on the east side over there. You were a real mojito drinker that night. Hey, listen, Robin, thanks so much for being on the show with us. I do have one question. When are they going to get Lindsay Lohan for good? You know, it's up to Lindsay Lohan uh, about getting her for good. And, and I don't, you know, the, the ball's in her court. She's got the keys to the jail, as Faulkner put it. And if she, you know, if she messes up, that's why if I was her, knowing how little time that there was given the overcrowding problem, I would have admitted to the violation from the beginning. I would have um, gotten maxed out and, you know, flipped my third finger off and done my crack and coke like I wanted to if I was her. If that was the path that she wanted to go. Um, but, you know, that's because there is no teeth in the system, and it's an unfortunate reality. And that's, you know, that I, when I spoke with Sean Chapman, I said, why don't you just, she's a liability. You're making her do more requirements, and you're setting up for failure just let it max her out. And, you know, many many of defendants have used to say that, just give me my time. I don't want to go to the classes. That takes too much work. And, and there's something to be said about that. Hey, hey Robin, this is Angel. Uh, what about the sentence? Do you think he's going to do four years, or are they going to do put it, have him do Caltrans with all the paisas? He, he is not going to do four years. Um, uh, and he's not going to – I mean, he would have done two under the old sentencing – but under AB 109, which, you know, is an amorphous concept, he <laughs> is going to eventually be uh, left into the custody of the Los Angeles County Sheriff, that'd be Sheriff Baca, and, you know, maybe he'll do three months, four months, if that, we'll see what happens, but it's not going to be near the amount of time that he should receive, that he deserves, or that one would have gotten prior to AB 109. Robin, thanks for being on our show again. Listen, we're going to buy some wine in the box so we can have it here in the garage for you. <laughs> oh, thank you. I like That's awesome. Can you invite Lindsay? <laughs> she would love to. Thanks again. Robin Sachs, you can catch her at robinsachs.com. That's S-A-X, not S-E-X, robinsachs.com. Have a good night, Robin. Thank you. Bye-bye. Uh, again, Robin Sachs rocks. Uh, 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 she's one of our previous shows. She was ragging on my brother the whole night. And she mm-hmm. was a former uh, prosecutor. Former prosecutor. Uh, Los Angeles Los prosecutor. Well, I'm, I'm a former inmate. <laughs> she's a former prosecutor. <laughs> How's <and> that? <laughs> author and uh, t- TV analyst and also an um, advocate for um, victims uh, of crime, uh, female victims and children. You ought to check her out on, on uh, Twitter and Facebook because, indeed, she's uh, constantly uh, interacting with her, her friends or people who like her on there. But she has a lot of tidbit of good, good uh, pointers for all you baby daddies out there. Eh? So I think we're done <laughs> with Michael Jackson. We're done. How about we move on? 
current events? Are we still doing We're current still events? doing current events with Jackie Casas. Cool, Jackie. We're done with him until November 29th. <laughs> okay, guys. So like I said, it's it's been a, it's been a sad week. So I'm going to tell you some sad news. We've lost two huge international icons um, that passed away literally the last 24 yes. hours. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first one who passed away yesterday was heavyweight world boxing champ Joe Frazier. He died at the age of 67. Um, he passed away from liver cancer. I hate cancer, but um, he passed cancer away. Cancer sucks, and we have I a show. It. We have a show called Cancer is a Drag. Yeah, it really is. Check it out it on our podcast. I wish it was a person so I can kick it in the balls. <laughs> um, so he passed away from liver cancer. <laughs> what if it's a chick, eh? Well, I'll still kick her in the balls. Okay. <laughs> so... Uh, I hate it that much. Um, he passed away from liver cancer. He was just diagnosed, like at the end, like September, like just a little over a month ago. He was yeah. just diagnosed. What kind of cancer? Liver cancer. It's it, liver cancer is extremely yeah. aggressive, and it's it really takes you super fast. Unfortunately, let me say something. I watched a fantastic documentary, and I'm going to pimp it. It's a great documentary. Um, uh, Willie, you got to check it out if you like boxing at all. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's called Facing Ali. And it's the best documentary I've seen on Ali because it's told by all all the professional fighters that that uh, Muhammad Ali fought. Really, are telling the story. Joe Frazier comes out, of course. Of Joe Frazier, as everyone knows, Joe Frazier and and, and Muhammad Ali had the most contentious of yes. a relationship. They, they had a huge rivalry. They hated what uh, what happened was Muhammad Ali. Uh, was such a showman and such a spectacle. He liked to really promote the the fight to make it really bigger than it was. Uh-huh. And so he used to call, and, and you know, Muhammad Ali was, uh, you know, uh, Ali activist, you know, uh, activist and everything. And he was calling Joe Frazier, uh, 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 what do you call that, uh, Uncle Tom, and and all, and calling him gorilla. He carried the, the 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 doll with a gorilla, and he'd punch it, saying it was it was uh, Joe Frazier. <laughs> so Joe Frazier was really offended. Now let me tell you, Joe Frazier came from a real small town, very poor kid, mm-hmm. and he had this opportunity to fight the greatest. And that's what I like. And I'll go back to what I was saying. That's what I loved about this documentary. Willie, you got to check it out. It's a fantastic <laughs> documentary because what it does, every one of those people, George Foreman, um, uh, Joe Frazier, um, you name them, all those guys are talking about how, how fighting the greatest affected their lives. Yeah. And one poignant moment in that documentary was Joe Frazier was tearing up. And you know why? Why? Because he was talking about the fact that, as you know, um, Muhammad Ali's got the... Because he ran out of Jack Daniels? <laughs> <laughs> Muhammad Ali has that uh, condition. Uh, is yeah. it Lou Gehrig's? Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever. But and, and doctors say that it was exasperated, or whatever the word is, by the punches that he took. And people wow. say that Joe Frazier had... Um, that he gave... Muhammad Ali says that Joe Frazier gave him the hardest punches. So well, He's Joe, known for his huge-ass left hook. Yes. He, it was what crumbled his opponents. Yes. Everyone knew him for that. And you, Joe, and you Joe like Frazier. Huh? I do. And yeah. Joe Frazier <laughs> feels bad about that. Of course. Can you believe that? Yeah. He was actually feeling, he was tearing up. And this is a guy who hated Muhammad Ali, but he mm-hmm. felt bad that Muhammad Ali's condition Let me might tell have been you, brought on by him. I work a lot of boxing. I do a lot of boxing, and I'm in the ring, and, it, and I don't care what anyone says. That uh, What is that other sport called? MMA. MMA, when they talk shit about the boxing because, you know. Yeah. It's what is real. MMA? They what is that? Mixed martial arts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. Anyways, they really get hit. They hit. They really get hit. And it's they bloody do. in there. They do. I, I, the ring is all bloody. In, MMA sounds like, you know, it's time for your MMA shots <laughs> when you're a kid, right? 
MMA is intense, but I think. Hey, boxing... baby, I'm sorry. I know we just dated, but uh, I got I... MMA. And I think Ew. I got it from you. <laughs> Gross. Um, I I like MMA, but boxing I feel like is such um such a sport sport. I know recently a lot of people have been talking shit that it's like, oh, it's just been so devalued. It's all about these crazy ass boxers. But that's why I really like Frazier because he really came at a time when boxing was known for the sport, was known for the fighters yeah. as being true fighters. And that's when heavyweight fights were the bomb. Exactly. It was not about, you know, later on it w- went into the welterweights and what have you in the middleweights, but the heavyweights yeah. were the bomb, the big guys, you know, and that ended... Right about uh, Mike Tyson. After Mike Tyson, you know, uh, all that hoopla that came yeah. around with him. But, you know, you had uh, B- uh, Buster Douglas and, and uh, Vander Hoolick. <laughs> Win salsa. <laughs> I'm a good salsa. I'll kill your children. I'm going to tell your heart out. <laughs> now he's flying pigeons, you know. Uh. <laughs> but I agree yeah. with you. And I think boxing, I really, I really am a big fan of boxing. I hope it comes back. I do, too. It I ain't really gone. do. It ain't gone. I, 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 I know go, it's not gone. But it's when alive we have people and well. like Mayweather, who's such a shithead, and it's just like, <laughs> just like they kill the sport, and people get totally turned off for it. You know, it's uh-huh. like, oh, you know, that's why they say, fuck boxing. We'll go to MMA. That's where, uh-huh. like, real, you Does know. Does your mother listen to this show? Uh, she <laughs> does. She bo- she's watching boxing right now. She's kind of used to my. There's um, a big fight this week. Colorful I know, language. <laughs> I know people at your church listen to our show. <laughs> yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they do. Um. So yeah. So it's a sad day story. Joe Frazier gone yes. so soon. Very, you know, very sad diagnosed indeed. September gone now. And who's so, the other person? So the next person, um, Heavy D, guys. Yeah, Heavy D died. Who's, yeah. who's that guy? I heard oh, yes. that. Heavy D just passed away today. Heavy D passed away today, I, this afternoon, at the age D? of Heavy rapper, D. Rapper, dude. He's a rapper. From what? Nothing but love. Got nothing but love. Baby. What did he die of? Well, they they haven't said it yet. He literally died this afternoon. Um, he collapsed in his home, and they took him uh, when they called the paramedics. That's why you got to get Twitter, brother. They, <laughs> I, I'm they on called, Twitter, but it's all over Twitter, dude. <laughs> don't watch the news. Get Twitter. Um, <laughs> so the paramedics. Wait a minute! Don't say that. I work for the news. <laughs> when uh, the paramedics came to the home, he was conscious. He was just having a hard time breathing. And then when they took him to the hospital, um, that's when he died. And it's really, really a huge loss to the music community. Who is he, though? He's I, I, a rapper. I know he's a rapper. He's a Which rapper song, from really? the 90s. Nothing but love. Okay, he did. Do you remember the show In Living Color? Um, he was, yeah. From like With the Wayne Brothers? Yes. Uh-huh. He did the intro for it. Okay. Big dude, hence okay. Heavy okay. D. Okay. Big dude. Um, okay. He did a couple of acting things. Like, I think one thing think that I they knew him for was for a movie. He's a big guy with the glasses. Yeah, big guy with the glasses. Um, uh, yeah, so he died. He was pronounced dead at the hospital today at one o'clock. Oh, man. And, um, is this, there you go. Yeah, it was, um, it was, it's a very, very sad loss to the music community. Like I said, his, uh, there you go. Uh-huh. We, it, it's it's raps from the '90s, and I, he's been on the on the low recently. But I mean, he just made so much money in the '90s, and he's considered an icon in in the music industry. So it's a very, very, very sad loss. Yeah, very sad indeed. Got yeah. nothing but love for you, heavy. Got nothing but love to you. All right, what else we got going on here? Okay, so this is another story that I thought was interesting. Okay, um, so Brett Ratner. <laughs> 
Brett Ratner. Okay. Famed director of Hollywood, Brett Ratner. Uh, he stepped down uh, from... Producer of from the Oscars as well. Producing of the 84th Academy Awards. He stepped down after a slur, a gay slur, that he did after a Q&A, after a screening of his recent movie, Tower, Tower Heist? Tower Heist, yes. Tower Heist. Um, so he stepped down. So he was originally like a really bold, unconventional selection from the, um, from the Oscars. Uh-huh. So, okay, so he steps down, right? And he apologizes. But what, what did he say, what though? He say? Okay, it was a screening for his film, Tower Heist, right? Yes. He said um, the word fag. In the Q and A, he needed a cigarette. After, <laughs> they don't get it. He needed a cigarette. He. Hey, this is in London, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but what? what okay. who, who did he call but fag? Wait, wait, wait. I, I don't know. This was just in the in the part of his Q and A questioning. <laughs> he said it in in. in he didn't. Uh, they didn't say uh, what he was referring it to, but he said it. So a lot of people were like, "Wow, oh, you're crazy." That's so sensitive. So he dude. stepped down. Ridiculous. The, the 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 Oscars people were like, "This is not how us." Oscars people roll. So he stepped down. Okay. <laughs> so this is the thing. So he apologizes, right? Monday morning yesterday, he apologized. It said he was a dumb way of expressing himself. But that same morning. What a fag. <laughs> but that same morning, he went on the Howard Stern show uh-huh. and he was talking about all these chicks, all these actresses that he's banged and that he would send them to the doctor to check to if, if they had any STDs <laughs> before he would bang them because it doesn't really like to use condoms. And like, just that all was of these. smart. I wish I could so, afford to do that. so stupid. Like, well, I don't think he's going to do the Oscars again. After well, the obviously no, 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 wait not. a minute. Oh, wait a minute. He was being responsible. What's wrong with that? Who it's likes the smell gross. of latex? He was, he was hate, kissing and telling, bro. Okay. I hate the smell of latex. <laughs> <laughs> he was talking about sex and like masturbation, and he was talking What's about... What's wrong with that? Okay, look, this one, and I'm not even sure what this means because I'm not dirty. Cunnilingus. <laughs> and he says, I'm probably the best in the world at it. He was talking about the size of his testicles and just all this like dirty shit. Wait a shit. minute. It's Here, like, here's what I got to say. I know what you're going to say. I, already know. I like hair pie, and I got big balls. What's wrong with that? <laughs> That's what he was talking about, right? I don't know. Is um, that what he said? Kind of lingus. Okay. Okay. Uh, wait, hold on. A little bit of Hollywood scoop, though. So he said among one of the girlfriends that he checked before he had sex with was Lindsay Lohan. And he made sure to say a much younger Lindsay Lohan. Whoa. Ew. Yeah, that's kind of, oh. Ew, Brett Ratner. I don't want to know about your... So he's been doing uh, Lindsay Lohan. I, I wonder know. if she's a fresa for him. Like I don't she... know what Chi-Chi's he's been with. I don't want to know. <laughs> I don't want to know what Chi-Chi's he's been with. Where do you think she this gets her drugs? Gross. Brett Ratner, stop uh, talking. <laughs> stop it. Stop it. What? How, is this man... Yeah, tell I'm, him to be quiet. I'm not sure yeah. how old he is, but I know he's a grown-up ass man. You don't talk about <laughs> what asses you've tapped. I don't care. Nobody Indeed. wants to know about yeah, how good gotta, you're at whatever. Listen, I, I, listen, when you're on Howard Stern, that's what you talk about. Okay, so give him a break. But that doesn't mean if that everyone wants to uh, hear it. No, yes, they, uh, I beg Especially to after you supposedly apologize about your gay slur, which costs you your big-ass Oscar gigs, which a lot of people were, like I said... Thought it was very out there for him to be the new Oscars producer, uh-huh. but um, you kind of know you have to. You need to have your shit together. You're the fucking Oscars producer. Well, here's what you, you don't gotta, do that. <laughs> when, but when you're on when you're in Howard Stern, you're expected to talk about some stuff. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I saw women. Know, I heard women queefing on Howard Howard Stern. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, I kid you not. And I don't even oh listen gosh. to Howard Stern. I think I got like a mental audio vision of that, and that was disturbing. Well, you know what, though? But it was hilarious. But you, know but you, you hold you, it till after your Oscars gig. Or, but that's only part uh, of it. But what uh, he said, too, is kind of like messed up. I, you know what I mean? I mean, yeah, you know, I mean, we we all have a little bit of a, of a you know, whatever we do on, on the side. Or what do we do on the, the side? Not on the <laughs> side, in the privacy of our own home. Not on the side. I didn't mean that, baby. <laughs> I meant in the privacy of our own home. But, <laughs> but you know, not only was he kissing and telling, but the context of it. I mean, he he obviously doesn't care about you know what he's doing to. Mm. Uh, he's exploiting women in in the business. Yeah, uh, and young women. Yeah, you know, I mean. You okay, know, wait so, a minute. Where, so, where so, did yes, one woman speech, become? When did one woman become some women? She she said that he said that. Yeah, but it was just Lindsay Lohan and the other well, chicks. They were choosing. That was to go just to the one of the names that he dropped. That was one of the names he dropped, and then he kind of like he said he hasn't hooked up with Olivia Munn, which was one of the actresses in one of his movies recently. But he was kind of like cheeky about it of like, course you're cheeky you can't say no you gotta hey you gotta Cochino. you can't Cochino. say no you gotta like sort of let people think that maybe without admitting it look he's, he's got a reputation I, I get it. okay you know what i do get it because he's got money he's a hollywood player because he's not how old that is hot this vato? how old is he this vato is old enough to know that he should not be doing this <laughs> shit and the thing is that when he called into the stern show he says that i'm the producer of the oscars now so i really can't talk about all the sex i got when i was young but then of course he did the complete opposite like ugh. Oh, about stupid. Yeah, about all the sex I got when I was young. <laughs> Shut up, fool. Shut you up. You know what? Every guy talks about all the sex they got when they were younger. All the guys talk about when they sold Shut their it, man. I mean, Willie's no. going to talk about it later, right, Willie? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, for goodness sake. Jeez. Give the guy a break. No. <laughs> no. Listen. People listen to Howard Stern for that reason, because people talk trash on Howard Stern. But not when you're an Oscars producer. But he'd already you're supposed fired. to stay out of the spotlight. But, you're not supposed to talk about your shit like that. But he'd already stepped down, right? He'd already been gone. That, that morning, he had apologized for what he uh, had said. He stepped down after all this pendejada. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I'm sorry. I messed around a lot when I was a kid. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh my gosh! I don't know what I. Want. I'm sorry. I don't want to know about your cunnilingus. I have big balls. <laughs> I'm sorry. What cunnilingus is in my vocabulary? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. I apologize. Am I cool? It's like that Kane guy, right? Herman Kane. Oh, Herman. Cain. That was ten years ago, right? The, Fifteen years ago. Supposedly <laughs> he doesn't remember, right? But if it did happen, it was ten years ago. Here's what I got to say about that. Okay, let's read. Ridiculous, okay? First of all, there, there's no basis to it. No women's really say like, there's nothing. A woman comes out and says that she he, he, he tried to grab her crotch and he put Supposedly his... Supposedly they had been paid off. Yeah, but no, the the woman that actually had the presser with Gloria Allred, mm -hmm. okay, already you've already lost some credibility with me, <laughs> okay? She said that he... Wouldn't oh, you, Gloria like, Allred. if a man... Jackie, if mm. a man had put I'm his sorry hand, I brought it up. If a man put his hand <laughs> on your leg... And went up your skirt. Uh -huh. What would you do? And no, no. And what would you do at that point? Hold on a second. Let me duck. Well, first of all, <laughs> what would you do? A you're man, in a, you're in a car. unwanted from my end, okay. put his hand up my skirt. You're in a car with him. Oh, a backhand. Okay. So, do you think he'd have the opportunity? Do you I think he'd have the opportunity? Oh, a backhand, of course. 
So do you, a backhand. So you got, and you got different moves for different, you know. Well, depending on the, my angle, where I'm sitting at from where I'm coming from, you know, if it's right in front, then you kind of go down low and you scoop it up. <laughs> if he's to the side, then it's more of like a side swap like that. It just it just depends on the angle of where we're sitting. But I like the I like the one in front because I can get real low and just slap that thing up. That's that's my favorite. So. <laughs> So you, he wouldn't have time to grab your head and pull your head toward his crotch, right? Oh, my God, no. Well, that's what she said. He did. He's, she says that he put his hand up my skirt, mm-hmm. tried to touch my genitalia, <laughs> and then tried to pull my head toward his crotch. Does that seem totally unfathomable? He this- could have. You know what? Angel, you've been really quiet today. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I tried it. <laughs> He's all guilty as charged. <laughs> I tried that. I got backhanded. <laughs> At what point does it become a fist? <laughs> no, you know what? I I don't. I'm sorry. I brought it up because I just know. think Herman Cain. He's getting so fucking pissed. He's like telling the media, "Don't talk to me about. Here, it. Don't ask." Hey, me. listen. Give him. Give him a break. I believe he's being framed. I think he's. Uh, I think that he's a, a, a very good leader. I think he has a good op- a chance of becoming president. And the problem is that he's being framed. How many? How many um, people uh, came up against Bill Clinton? Who were not, one of them said she was raped by Bill Clinton, and he became president. Okay, Flowers and all those other women. I think it was four of them, and one of them said she was raped. And we know what he did on that little blue dress, right? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Eight. And but leave Herman Cain alone. All these all these things are unfounded. And Jackie, you know hmm. that one all needs all one needs to do to get a sexual harassment charge is say, "Hey, Jackie, your your hair looks really nice today." And if you don't like me, and it, it'll seem weird to you, and that's mm-hmm. enough for you to claim sexual harassment. You know what, though? That's true. You know what, um, <clears throat> Jackie? Your hair looks nice today. Shut your face. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what, though? You, I, I'm glad you brought that up, how other politicians are accused in the past. Uh, and it, it just brings, a, it brings to light how it, it's all the same over and over again, it, no matter what, uh, what administration it is or what uh, party it is uh, or, or what year it is. The, that's, that's why, you know, I'm, I'm sorry I commented on it because I'm— I'm not really into politics. I, and, I am, though. And, and, but you look at the news and you listen to Twin Talk and you get a lot of, uh, a lot of this politics that, that, you know, maybe we should, we should like, talk about something else. No, wait a minute. You're really saying that, brother? Yes, I am. Are you really saying that? I'm really saying We're that. going into an election year. People want to talk about this. People are talking about this. Maybe everywhere. I know. And, I, and, and honestly, I, I uh, you know, my respects to everybody, but I... <clears throat> Don't necessarily trust our politicians. Hmm. Uh, I think that our politicians, for years, years and years, are really just kind of uh, I don't know pawns. That's what I like about Herman Cain. He's more the regular guy. <laughs> he's not talking. No, he's not talking like he. He doesn't talk around things. <clears throat> he hits things straight up. You know, he straight up says it. I like his line when he said something and people were questioning about it. He goes, "America's got to get a sense of humor." Instead of stepping back saying, "Well, what I really meant was I want to apologize to all of those people that I called fag." That's a that's a <laughs> Herman Cain didn't say that's that. That's a by good the way. one. Having a sense of humor, indeed. 
Well, there you have it. Anyway, we're going to talk about politics, folks. Don't let my brother deter you. <laughs> we're going to talk politics. If we're if also going to talk about, about uh, globalization and, uh, and uh, genetically modified uh, organism foods in the coming shows. So look out for that. Okay. Let's do it. All right. One more. We've got time, room, time for one more. Okay. One more creepy guy. So, uh, <laughs> so there was a really um, gross story out of Russia today. So there is this. Um, okay, that's enough. That's all you need to say. Russia, creepy. Sorry, <laughs> I have a friend from Russia. What's up, Lana? What's um, up, baby? Is she listening? <laughs> she should be. You uh, know they can listen to us in Russia as well. Well, she lives here now, but she's from Russia. Anywho, guys, so a gruesome discovery in an apartment. I used to. Talk, I used to like that in my history class. Russia. Because I, there was this hot chick oh, when I was in history. Yeah, she was. She was a weta. And they used to tell me, "You have Russian hands and Roman fingers." Okay, move on. Bad joke. <laughs> yeah, you said. Moving on. So in this apartment, they found the decomposing remains of two dozen women. What? In Russia? Yes, in this apartment. Two dozen decomposing women in this apartment. Okay? So like their full body. Well, yes, but... It gets worse. Hold Two on. dozen women. Okay. We so look, the women. That's like a 24-pack, eh? The women have been. <laughs> <laughs> right? So the women have been dug up from their graves and dressed up as dolls. Well, that's creepy, dude. By this dude. What was his creepy name? Creepy ass dude. You know what? If I knew Russian. Anatoly. Anthony Hopkins. Mox- <laughs> Moxis Gavina. Victor. Victor. We'll call, it An- we'll call him Annie. So this dude was 45 years old, and this is actually his parents' apartment where he lived. 45 years old, and he lived with his mom and dad? 45 years old, he lived with his mom and dad. His parents found these bodies when they returned from their summer home. And, um, yeah, they found these um, at least 25 bodies in this small three-room apartment. He dug them up at night, brought them to his apartment, and dressed them up as dolls. One in the kitchen washing the dishes. <laughs> the other one, hey, go get me that remote, eh? He, isn't that gross? He's a local historian, and he had apparently a fascination with cemeteries and visited more than 750 of them. Man. So what did they do to him? With the bodies? No, with him. Oh, with him? Well, he's in custody right now. But it, it, it's just kind of gross how he did it. He took them out, dug them out at night, dug out the graves, put the remains in plastic bags, and then dragged them to his home. And then once the the bodies were in his apartment, he just kind of put them together and dressed them up <laughs> as wow, that's, muñecas. That's pretty crazy, dude. <laughs> A little crazy glue. <laughs> so, like, one of them showed – it was one of them was actually, like, skeleton-y. And it was, um, it was wearing a dress with stockings. And another one was wearing like a like a teddy, like a teddy, you know, like a teddy bear. It's not a teddy bear. It's like a teddy. It's like a lingerie. Yeah, I know what a teddy <laughs> what is. <laughs> we know what a teddy is. Okay, teddy. It was dressed as a teddy. Because sometimes teddy? guys don't know what it is, and we know what it is. Know. Us girls know what it is, but you guys are like, yeah, that sexy chingadera thing that you took off. No, just take it off. She's turning pink. Look at her. <laughs> Because I, I want to try my kind of lingus. So yeah, so so one of them uh, was 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 in that, and uh, the residents around where he lives says he was like a genius, that he was like this smart dude, but um, smart, weird, and creepy. Pretty creepy indeed. I must. One say. of them was dressed like Lady Gaga. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, so uh, the guy is from Russia. Yeah, he has. Two dozen women. Yeah. 
living with his parents. Where was he when the parents showed up? Was it in the, at the summer home? Uh, no, he was in the apartment. The parents were coming from the summer home. What so did he have to just time, he just brought him out? When, I, he just, I don't know what took over him to just do it. He was just. Where, where did he have him that whole time? In in the apartment. Like but, While they were away for the summer, he stayed oh, there in the apartment. Wow, that's creepy. And overnight, he would dig up these graves. But he's smart. He like speaks 13 languages and he's got this like, he's like considered <laughs> well, a genius were, in the town. They're women, from international women. Dios <laughs> mío. Can you believe it? Not even, not even in your women own fucking like, grave will men leave you alone. I swear. <laughs> he had a, he had a, women <sighs> like men that talk multiple languages, and and and, you, and, and really men good. like women that don't talk back. It's <laughs> <laughs> terrible. So he's been and a, kind of lingus helps too. <laughs> he was arrested, but he was later released because. Police isn't sure what charges he will face. <laughs> I'll tell you why, because uh, Lindsay Lohan... Because he technically didn't Lohan's, kill anybody. He didn't kidnap anybody either, right? Technically not. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Anyway, w- they we, weren't there we, against their will. We got, we got a call coming in. Hold on. Let's see what this is. This is Jose from Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. You're live on the air. Hi, Jose. Well, h- hello. This is Marisol from... Hello. Hi, Marisol. Where are you <laughs> calling from? I'm calling from Rancho Cucamonga. Wow, they listen to us all the way in Rancho Cucamonga. <laughs> That's far. What can we do for you, Marisol? Well, I was going to bring up something that's in the current event. Okay. That I I can't, I'm appalled about, and I can't understand why anybody would take the actions that these people did. Um, okay. What, it's what, about what? the Penn State. Oh, Penn State. Oh, yeah. what happened in Penn and, State? And, well, this, um, what happened in Penn State? Let, mo- let me let them know, and then you can give us your, your opinion. In Penn State, okay. uh, apparently there was uh, a child who came in. Who, um, I'm sorry. One of the, uh, a student in Penn State caught another coach from Penn State football in the showers with a child. Apparently, they take these youngsters, and they uh, it's a sort of a mentoring program from youngsters, mm-hmm. and they've been molesting these kids for a long time in Penn State, and it was reported. To uh, I forgot the guy's name, the, the head coach, and Quintano or something like that. Whatever, and he never reported it. And it's been going on for how long, Marisol? Did you know? Um, Many years. Nine. Yeah. What's your so? Somewhere. What's your opinion on that? Book? Well, well, I what I believe is is that the if he wasn't a it was an assistant coach that had already retired, but he still had the ability to go into the into the lockers and go and use the facilities at Penn State. And he he started um, volunteering in this organization that was for, uh, I guess, children that needed like a father figure or something like that, underprivileged right, kids. Right, right. So- and he was, he was volunteering for that, and then he would take him over there to the locker room and molest them, so, and actually it wasn't even a student that caught him. It was an assistant, a 20-year-old man, left, went and reported to the head coach. The head coach <laughs> then reported to whomever. Uh, and so bottom line is, it, people, b- bottom line, a lot of people know about it. Nothing was done about it. So what's And your the p- only thing they did was take away the key, so take away his keys and his privileges, but didn't report it to the authorities. And that happened, I think, back in 2000 until 2000. Till now, he has been molesting children because 20 kids have come out now. 
Well, Marisol's very angry. Marisol, thanks for the call. Um, so she's really angry, okay? Do what? They, go ahead, Angel. Go ahead. Do they teach uh, uh, being a priest there or something? <laughs> Is that one of the classes they offer there? No, no, Penn State. Anyway, they don't even do that good in football right now. I don't know what the heck's no. going on with that. So, you know, Marisol, thanks for the call. We really appreciate it. We got to move on. But, yeah, what would you – I mean, I'd be pissed off. I, I would, would be pissed off I would off be like well. – why didn't anybody do anything about this? Yeah. And um, the guy was supposed to have a press conference today. Which was canceled by the university. By the university. Yeah. And apparently his son is saying, look, my dad wants to come clean. Mm-hmm. Whatever, dude. Mm-hmm. Whatever. Move on. It's... <laughs> no pun intended. <laughs> I'm going to think of Kaning Anyway, thanks so, much for the, um, <laughs> thanks so much for the current events, Jackie. We've got to move on. Thanks for schooling us on Teddy's. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. So anyway, right now. This is Melosha. You heard them before on, our, on one of our previous podcasts. Their name, uh, their name is Means Set in the Auditory System, and they rock. They're on our show recently, and now they're going to be with uh, doing some kind of show soon, right, bro? Yes, they are. Anyway, we have Ryan David, the lead singer of Melosha, on the phone with us. Ryan, can you hear us? Hey, you going, Mike? Hey, Ryan. Thanks so much for being on our show. We got your track behind. What's new with Melosha? Oh, you know, we're just doing a show to wrap up the year, playing at the Roxy uh, next Monday. Oh, you're a man of many words, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> you know, when you were on a show last, it was, it was great. We introduced a couple of your tracks. were really great. You talked about your live show being something different. Um, uh, tell us about what you're going to do at the Roxy. Oh, you know, we're just a high-energy band, you know. You don't see a lot of that these days, I guess. But, um, yeah, you know, we've been playing it for so long that it's just a very natural, high-energy rock show. So Now, tell us yeah, about... We're pretty... Tell us about your album. Your album is coming out as a serial album? Yeah, we're putting it out as uh, four... Like, we're releasing it in, uh, I guess, four-song chunks we want like four songs at a time and uh we're releasing it for free and uh the first four came out um a little earlier this year that's uh, and that's uh yeah available for free on our website uh, give us the website right uh it's easy it's www.melosha.com and that's spelled m-e-l-o-t-i-a and tell us about the show let the listeners know what's going on so they can make it to the show and and how much it's going to cost and all that good stuff well, it's actually free. It's a Monday, so the Roxy does a cool thing where they have uh, free Mondays. Uh, under 21s, I think it's $3, but 21 plus is free. Nice. Um, and it's with three other pretty cool bands. Uh, one's called Evo Love. Um, another's called Valora. And uh, Matt Toka is uh, the third artist. So it's four bands free. And uh, we actually play first at uh, 8.30 p.m. Awesome. So tell people where they can find you on the web or social networks. Uh, here on Facebook. It's, uh, again, facebook.com forward slash Melosha, M-E-L-O-T-I-A. And uh, the website, Melosha.com. Awesome, Ryan. Thanks so much for being on our show and letting us know. Check them out. What's the date again? One more time. Say the date. November 14th. This, uh, this Monday. November 14th. Check out Melosha at the world-famous Roxy. Thanks, Ryan.
to say. <laughs> All right, so we're running a little bit I'm behind. I'm trying to do it like Willie Bass. <laughs> we're running a little bit behind. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, uh, talk about Willie Bass. We, we appreciate the fact that uh, he's standing by, and uh, thanks for your patience, Willie. We're going to play a track. We're going to play a track, Someone Like You. Then when we come back, we're going to have an awesome conversation with the man, Mr. Willie Bass. Want I say a little bit about the track? Someone Like You <laughs> features uh, James Kotek from the Scorpions on drums. And uh, this is an older song, but I love it. That's why we're playing it. One of the oldies. Here we go. We'll be right back with Mr. Willie Pace. Someone 
Yeah, baby. That's dope, dude. Mr. Willie Bass. (laughs) What a voice, Holmes. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Willie Bass in the house. In Theo Luis's garage. Thank you so much for being here, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for hanging out so long. We were a little bit behind, man. Thank you guys for having me. So I learned a lot. (laughs) You learned about teddies. (laughs) I'm glad I can spread the knowledge about that. Don't talk about spreading anything. Backhand. Next week we'll talk about shelf bras. What? What is a, <laughs> what is a push-up bra? <laughs> it's it's that they wear when they work out, bro. They do their it push-ups. It does push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> so, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Willie Bass, um, you know what? Willie Bass is store a, the storied rocker of the Sunset Strip. Um, uh, when you think of names from Slash Guns and Roses, uh, Dokken, uh, Scorpions, all that, the reason why Willie Bass was so relevant to these guys is because he provided the parties for them, I hear. <laughs> I, read, I read Slash's book. One of my favorite books, by the way. Tell me about those parties. Everybody, you know, I mean, I, I was in a choir that won two Grammy Awards, toured all over the world. I worked with Jimi Hendrix drummer, and you guys want to know about the parties. <laughs> That's cool. Hey, listen, I, three really, bands, three kegs, and a thousand people. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Let me tell you, I um, I when when uh, when um, I spoke to your publicist, she she mentioned you, and I go, oh, wait, yeah, I because I read Slash's book last year, and um, I'm like, oh, it's that Willie Bass. <laughs> <laughs> So, but tell us about your career. You know, where did you start? Where, uh, everyone starts somewhere. I mean, was it uh, Jimmy, uh, Jim, I mean, Stevie Ray Vaughan uh, uh, played with Jimmy Vaughan's guitar when Jimmy Vaughan was out, so, you know, without permission. Wow. What, 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 what was your thing? Where did you get started? Well, from 10 to 15, I was in the Texas Boys Choir, mm-hmm. and uh, I studied classical music. Fantastic. So in that choir, they they train you for two years before you ever see the stage. And, uh, you know, it was was a great experience. We won two Grammy Awards. I worked with E. Power Biggs, William Self, uh, Burl Ives. We premiered Stravinsky's Mass in C minor before he died with the man himself. Wow. I sang at St. Patrick's Cathedral, Radio City Music Hall. I did Carnegie Hall uh, with, it was like 12 guys a cappella. You know, with no PA in how, Carnegie Hall. So, how, how old were you when you did Carnegie Hall? Thirteen. Wow, that's fantastic. And it's he, a lot of pressure, man. And, <laughs> I mean, when I think back now, it's like, wow, you know, that was a lot of pressure. Where was that at? Carnegie where, Hall. At Carnegie no, Hall. No, I mean, where did you grow up at? Where did you grow up in Fort Worth, Texas? Oh, oh, Texas. The Texas yeah. Choir. Oh, does that put two and two together, brother? <laughs> My bad. I'm still at Teddy's, bro. <laughs> so, so uh, but then you, you know, you came up in an era. You, you talk Jimi Hendrix. You talk uh, um, uh, um, from the Jimi Hendrix on through the '80s rock scene, which was huge. You know, you were relevant. You were part of it all. At what point did they say we got to go to your Willie's parties? <laughs> <laughs> well, I was. It's funny because I was. I was always playing uh, the Dare uh, concerts at 
high schools for lunch, and, you know, helping kids stay off drugs. But I was giving these keg parties on the weekends. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, you know, we had the code words so and diverse. the flyers, free beer. <laughs> and, you know, I was telling Adler that on the last uh, – Adler, uh, uh, the drummer from Guns N' Roses, went yeah. out and we opened up 26 shows for them uh, right. recently. Adler's and, Appetite. Yeah, and, awesome. I, and I was like, dude, we should have. When there's one place we played, it did, didn't pack in too well. And I was, dude, we should have put the code words on the <laughs> What code word? Free beer. <laughs> <laughs> Would have been packed. You know, we, 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 I got to tell you, because we're having fun with Willie, but the, we're talking Grammys um, and uh, – when he's touring with people like Adler, uh, um, Steve Adler from Guns N' Roses, and uh, he's played with, uh, a band, a, uh, what's the guy's name about, from Scorpions and, and George Lynch from the Lynch Mob and, and Dokken. Uh There's a reason for that. The man's a musician. The man's a, a, a he's got a, a reputation. But a voice, man. A, <laughs> it's pretty dope. Well, I do. I do know. I consider myself as a vocalist, so mm-hmm. I, you know, I know what I'm doing when it comes to singing. Mm-hmm. But I also play bass at the same time. Mm-hmm. So right, and that's what I want to get at. Uh, there, you think you know? There's not a lot of big, uh, a lot of names that you hear about that are the front men that are bassists. You got Lemmy and and uh, the guy from Wasp. I forgot his name. Uh, Blackie Lawless. Blackie. Blackie. <laughs> Blackie's playing rhythm guitar now. I think. Um, but uh, I, Phil Lina, I would think, would be in that category. Right. Then hey, you remember got, uh, Rush, to, uh, uh, the guy from Getty Rush, Lee. Getty yeah. Lee from Rush. Remember we went uh, to that show and and, he, and Blackie Lawless fell? Yeah, well, he opened up for Kiss. <laughs> and he was... You, you know, they got banned from Europe for... Really? They poured 200 gallons of stage blood on the front <laughs> row. And, oh, really? They were like, no, nah, we ain't having that. You guys, you know, you got you to gotta leave the country. <laughs> And that was he had that uh, "fuck me like an animal" song. Remember? But you know, yes. we open up for them at the Troubadour when they. When you, I used to share like, uh-huh. okay, Was started out rehearsing in my drummer's basement mm-hmm. up in La Cunada. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh-huh. wow. And Lita Ford and I shared a rehearsal studio as well. But man, we wanted it so bad back then. Mm-hmm. These guys went on stage at the Troubadour, and Al Bain. Albane for leather made Blackie these these saw blades. Yeah, took them and got them chromed, mounted them into these like leather arm bands, and he had like the saw blades and the cod piece with the saw blade. Yeah, I remember that, right? Uh-huh. And Albane rigged up this this propane tank to feed ga- feed the propane to the logo, <laughs> and they torched the logo, and you got at the, at the Troubadour, the Troubadour, no pyro, no license. Oh, man. Could have uh, took the whole place out, wow, dude. Wow. But we were like, you know, <laughs> just that desire to have right. a great show, right? You right. know, that's we and get we want to get back to that. Yeah, vibe, what happened to that? Know? We we talk about that a lot because, um, you know, there's a lot to be said for musicianship, of course, but because the music is really people are buying. But when you go see a show. You want to see a show, and not to not to rag on on grunge music because there's definitely good musicianship going on there. But I got sick of those guys in flannel just pouting on the stage. Yeah, I used to tell my daughter, I "Was like, you know, you don't know who's the dr- who's the janitor or who's in the band." You know? <laughs> I believe in dressing up, and I, you know, I've come from that glam period, and, right? And I love, you know, dressing up and being a part of mm-hmm. of, of putting on a show. You know, it's visual as well as right. good music. You know, and I, I do see though it does seem like the Sunset Strip is 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 coming back. Like it's it's um, 
there's more and more bands out there playing some rock and roll again, and there's a lot of things going on at Sunset Trip. Is that what? Am I just seeing things, or what do you think? I I agree. I'm a part of it. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> what do you see out there? What what bands are are like really you know, you know, kind of uh, making turning heads for you right now? Well, um, Warner Drive. You know, I would I I was gonna produce them and put up money for them and do a deal with them. Right. I liked them a lot. I thought uh-huh. they had great songs. They remind me a lot of the the GNR guys. But um, I I heard that they revamped the band and. It's kicking ass. Um, there's a band called. We uh, had Warner Drive on our show. Oh, did in you? The past, yes, we did. <laughs> Run Devil Run. Yes, like those guys. Yay. Had them on our show as well. Yeah, they played the Crew Fest uh, Hollywood show yes. with me, and I was I was impressed with them. Yes, mm-hmm. they're good musicians, good guys. And then Bad Son, oh. Bad Sons, Bad Sons. Huh? Yeah, they're good. So, what is um. Is 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 the Sunset Strip what it used to be? Though forget, that, and I'm not talking about the band so much because the bands are coming back. But it used to be the Sunset Strip. You'd have the kids of all ages hanging out up out in the clubs, just trying to get a a glimpse at at the guys that were coming up that were looking like women. Okay, you had Poison and 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 um, <laughs> you name it. Well, I mean, that's all coming from that's in a it evolved from the David Bowie and. You know the British invasion and that whole thing. It's like that Sunset Strip has such a legacy. You know, um, I mean, we go back to, you know, um, the Rat Pack, and you know, it's like more than just the '80s glam thing, right? You know, it's, it goes on and on and right. on. The Doors before that. Uh, Describe the Sunset Strip Van for Halen. those people who are listening, because we have listeners in Australia and Turkey and South America. Well, there, were, there was a mansion on, on Sunset uh, that the Beatles, it was like the first place, house that the Beatles stayed in. And then the Beach Boys stayed at that same house. Then uh, the Ayatollah his son or somebody uh, bought it and then uh, you know us americans we burnt it down so, uh, uh, <laughs> and then no one stayed there for years and now there's two mansions on that property i, I know which one two, you're talking yeah. about it's on the corner corner mansion somebody told, had all the funky statues outside they burned it down I heard yeah it. yeah i yeah. know that story That's, but that was where the beatles stayed when they came over and, and, and then the beach boys also stayed there so you know there's well, like so I a told us, what a buzzkill dude <laughs> Buzzkill. So yeah, you know, I wanted I want to check out that Houdini era. You know, he had yeah. to have some wild stuff going on. All those musicians was Houdini magicians. hanging out at the Roxy two homes or yeah, what? Well, you know, it it goes back, and then you got the the what Pat Boone and all those people, uh-huh. right? And, you know, the sixties American Bandstand, and it goes on and on and on. You know, Hullabaloo and and, and when the monkeys, man, and the, monkeys. the monkeys, dude. They could would, you imagine being? Yeah, part of that scene. Yeah, what about wow. Black Sheep? Uh, Black Sheep. Who was uh Which is the band that you uh, that you were playing in? That you were front front man at that time. Okay, you mentioned Wasp. Oh what, yeah. What other bands were were you guys uh, sharing the stage with, if you will? Well, we played a lot of shows with with Great Great White, which was, I believe Dante Fox before yeah. they were Great White. Right. I mean. Uh, Wow, um, we played with Saxon, uh, Uriah Heep, uh, you know, Steeler. Uh, awesome. You know, it goes on and on and on. Hey, is that Striper? Cool? We played some shows of a Striper too. Nice. I remember Striper. I just heard a track of theirs again. Did you remember they actually remade "Shining Star" from the Earth, Wind, and Fire? Oh wow! 
And cool. I, yeah, and I just heard, and I go, yeah, I forgot about that. So does well, it warrant poison? I mean, I want to know, know about I want to know about Lita Ford because I also read Motley Crue's book, and <laughs> <laughs> and Lita. Those are good ass books, man. Yeah. If half of that shit is true, do they talk that's about crazy <laughs> shit, dude. <laughs> and they talk about teddies. <laughs> <laughs> but, I'm sure they don't. No, but Lita, like Lita Ford <laughs> yeah. and 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 um, Nikki Six yeah. were dating for a while. Yeah, and, they were an item. And and apparently they were living together in a house, and they were really just getting into the drugs and stuff and the occult. And 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 Nikki Six says that they finally decided to quit the occult. Mm-hmm. Not the drugs at that point, <laughs> but the occult, <laughs> because they saw shit floating in their house. Really? You know anything about that, Willie? No, you don't know anything about that. <laughs> I, I remember that period. Yeah, I remember that. Wow. What can you tell us about that? Uh, I just remember bumping into her when the crew played the country club. You know, wow, the country club. Bit. You know, but she was she was dating. What I think she married Chris Holmes for a minute or something. Wow. So let's let's go back to let's go back to you. Um, when you, you you came to California, at what age? What brought you here? Obviously, God, rock and roll. What age? Uh, Did rock and roll bring you here? Or your parents? Oh no, rock and roll brought me here. Um, about what and, age? And I came here in 1976. Wow, that's great. And uh, my buddy uh, had a hookup through uh, Leon Russell's label, which was Shelter Records. And they had just signed Tom Petty, I believe. We used to do demos out of Tom's house, and you know, we we were kind of like staff writers. We would write the, we would if they liked the songs, we they we demo up the songs, and we'd get paid to demo the songs. And so, you know, if we wanted to eat that week, we'd write some damn good songs. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Wow. So, we try to always write, you know, five, ten songs a week, and then hopefully demo up a half half of them, you know, so we could eat. So we learned the the formula, you know, successful formulas and having uh, great courses and getting to the course in less than a minute, you know, little things like that. Interesting. Uh, can you can you, you name know, one of them songs that uh, give us give us some give us one of those? Yeah, give us some of those songs. <laughs> if you, you listen demo. to any of my songs, they get to the course like right away. I'm uh, I'm into that course like huh? the first thirty. It's to the 60, hook. Thirty to sixty right. seconds. I, right. I contend, and I usually do a short chorus, do a long ver, uh, do a longer ver- second verse, and then go into a double chorus, and then the solo. Mm. <laughs> you know what I contend, and that's a that's a good it's a hook that it's a formula that works. I can I see, every time I hear this on the radio I think it's the perfect uh, I'm going to talk about a pop song a perfect pop song okay it's the Supremes You Can't Hurry Love oh yeah because right off the bat you got the dun 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 and you're already tapping your feet and very quickly you learn the chorus and you're hooked you know that's a perfect pop song Motown was really good with that and Phil Collins cashed in on it cashed again in on it, the yeah. second time yeah. around. You know? <laughs> now, Phil Collins lived right down the street from that storied house that you told him, you were talking about, right? Uh, on Sunset. Did he really? Yeah, he did. I, I'm, uh, right down the street on Sunset. Wow. House. I know Stevie Nicks had a – I took some photos at her house. She was close to there too. Fantastic yeah. voice. Now, I'm, I, I want to play uh, – we want to play uh, one of your newer tracks, Breakaway. And when we come back, uh, we really want to get into your mission. You have a mission to feed the world. Cool, and I really want to talk about that because it's fantastic. A lot of people come in with causes, and this is a, this is great. So this one's called Breakaway, and uh, can you tell us a little bit about the track? Breakaway, it's kind of like my life story, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it features George uh, George Lynch. 
and James Kotek on drums. Nice. Here it is. Breakaway. That sounds like a choir boy to me. <laughs> awesome track. You know what's missing on songs nowadays too much? That we got here, a guitar solo. Interesting. I, I don't, you don't hear that enough anymore. Not to take away from a lot of the talent and a lot of songs, but there's just, I believe a song needs to have that beginning, middle, and end. And that guitar solo is sort of like the, 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 the climax, you know, the orgasm. And then you come down with the chorus, and then you kind of have to glow it. Hey, who was on this song? Um, well, uh, Andy Johns helped me um, produce and engineer it. Andy did all the, the Led Zeppelin, like when the levee breaks. Right, uh-huh. yeah. And uh, Black Dog. Uh-huh. He he engineered Stairway to Heaven, so it's like. That's, yeah. yes. Awesome. And he also did uh, Goat's Head Soup, Rolling Stones, yeah. Exile on Main Street. Exile on Main Street, yeah. Um, he did. Van Halen, fifty-one fifty. Wow! So he's a legendary producer. I've known him for thirty years. He's a great friend. He's like a brother brother to me. And mm-hmm. you know, anytime I can, I, I I get Andy in the studio. It's just great. We're great together. He's a genius. Mm-hmm. Let me ask he's, you something. The best drum sounds in the business, man. Let me ask you something. You, know, you talk about fifty-one fifty, and uh, you know Alex Van Halen's drum sounds awesome. But um, let me ask you something. Because we're in an era now where people are downloading. The other day I was driving down the street with my kid in the, in the, in the driver's seat. She's got an iPod Touch. And she heard a song on the radio she liked. And so she downloads it instantly right there on her iPod Touch. Cool. Which is cool. It's fantastic. But then I realized there used to be a time where you'd buy albums. Mm-hmm. And you'd get the whole experience. Mm-hmm. And not even to mention the inner sleeves and the liner notes and the covers. But... You bought an album that was put together, and the sequence of the tracks made sense. There was at least to the artist it did. Right, right. And, but now they're downloading singles and barely any albums. What's your feeling on that? I love it. 
Really? Because it, it's kind of going back to, remember the Archies and uh, the Turtles okay. and all the the bands? Right. They were singles, <laughs> the box tops. You know, they, they, it was like they just, the one hit wonders, the, you know. Okay. And so we're back to that. We Everything, you know, everything's kind of went full circle and you got to have good songs. It's like if you, you know. Got to have that good song. That's no, nothing wrong with being true. single. I mean, with a single. <laughs> That's very interesting because I guess because when, if you come out of the 60s and 70s growing up in the, and you're listening and you kind of want to go back to that. But if you go, I mean, you know, I mean, I'm a strawberry s- alarm cock. Remember that? Don't call us. We'll call you. Wow, dude. Well, see, that's good. I, I remember Edgar Winter, Frankenstein, Frankenstein, Edgar Winter. Yeah, I remember going to Zodi's to go buy our Kiss <laughs> <Zodis>. albums. <laughs> we go buy our Kiss albums over there, and and um, I remember uh, was it Detroit Rock City? Yeah. Oh man, you put that on, and the first thing you hear are the shaking of the keys. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about all those hits, man, until yeah. I saw the unplugged MTV special, right. uh-huh. and they were just going through hit after hit, right. and then the. Even the stuff when they took the makeup off, right. like Domino and songs Indeed. like that. It was like, whoa. Yeah. Wow. Don't get us started on Kiss. Homes. <laughs> <laughs> I love this is your guys. show. Eh? I, lo- I, love, I love it. I got nothing but props for them. I love uh-huh. the story about Gene uh, suing the Monopoly game for the money bag. Yeah. With the S on it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know that. Oh, for uh, the Simmons Records. That's he, right. That's Simmons Records. He, uh, it's genius of Gene Simmons. Absolutely. He trademarks the money bags uh-huh. and then Post facto, uh-huh. sues Monopoly, even though they had been around for hundred years. <laughs> but they never trademarked. <laughs> they never it. trademarked the bag. Genius. Oh, that's uh, that's his his name. The that's base. conniving, Holmes. <laughs> hey, it's business. It's, it's business. business uh, good business. Virginia. But let's. You know what? Uh, we're coming up on on the holiday season, and I think it's so fitting that you're here um, uh, uh, at this time to talk about. A cause that's close to you, and uh, I have a card of yours that says FeedAmericaNow.org. What is Feed America? Feed America is a nonprofit that I put together, uh, basically uh, because I saw the statistics that one in what was it one in six adults are starving, one in five children go to bed hungry every night. That's in, in America. In that's America. here. Wow. And global, I think the old numbers were 29,000 people die a day from starvation. But I looked, I Googled it because I, I, I uh, tweeted about it the other day, but I Googled first before I tweeted these numbers. <laughs> right, right. It went up to 50,000 people as of January. Oh, wow. 50,000 wow. people die a day globally from starvation. And I'm just... You know, these companies, <clears throat> I got turned down by Kroger, Ralph's, um, Kellogg. Tell me about that. You got similar, turned down, meaning what? Uh, I went to them and I go, look, I want to feed America. I'm doing 30 concerts in 30 different cities. I want to roll up with food. I want to, like, show up with food and feed these people directly. No middleman. Food. And they were like, well, uh, you know, we've done our part and whatever, you know, this excuse, excuse, excuse. And, um, you know, we're just not not interested. And I'm going, how can this be, man? You guys throw away more food than I need to do 30 cities. Uh Right. 
You know, I mean, can I just roll up and th- give out some turkeys or something? It's Christmas time. You <laughs> Explain know? to you what is exactly you're asking them to do specifically. Well, okay, it got down to where I go. Well, just give let, give me let me buy the food, and they were like, no. But you're going to do a concert and, and give away food. Give away food at the concert. <laughs> it's like, so you, you know, do- it, that's it, some of the club owners were like, "Wait, explain this to me again." It's like, no, dude, people are starving to death. You know, I was out with Adler. I talked to people. There's these are educated college graduates, not derelicts falling down in the gutter. These are normal, educated Americans mm-hmm. that can't make ends meet. They they've been laid off, or they don't have a job. They can't find a job, and they're missing meals. You know, we're talking about back east, man, you know, 30 degrees below zero. People are going to be like not only starving to death, but they're going to be freezing to death and they can't buy oil to but to have heat. And, we're, you know, this is what happened was I, I was going to play a series of concerts at Harley dealerships. And, and I was like, they were like, well, it's going to take, you know, several months to get approval on Harley corporate, blah, 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 blah. And, and I go, well, listen, what are you guys into? You know, I know you guys gave a lot of money to the veterans. You know, what? what's the cause this year? And he goes, well, you know what? I, if you came up and you played some concerts for food banks, you know, we'd get you in here right away. Mm. And the light just went on. And he goes, you know, it's going to be a long, cold winter. And a lot of people have lost their jobs. And if you were to do something to help people eat, we'd make it happen for you. And I, and right that for some reason that just like shocked me. And then I went to research the numbers, the statistics, and it was alarming of what's going on and what the what the, you know how many people. And then I went, I actually went down to West Hollywood and got in a soup line and served for a few days. And that was just I felt like such a chump when I left there, because you know there's people that are like volunteering, they're giving. Right. 12 hour days, three days a week and for free, you know, and here I am complaining about the weather or you right. know, it's, <laughs> I'm over here in Bay, Burbank, you know, complaining that, you know, the chicken isn't done or whatever, you know, and it's like, you know, these guys are like serving 12 hour days like they've been some of the people that work at that food bank uh, have been there for three, five years, you know. So what are you going to do? Are your roadies going to be hauling food and shit or what? what? In a perfect world, I wanted to show up with two 53-foot trucks of food you uh-huh, know, uh-huh. and just hit every city. Uh-huh. But uh, it hasn't turned out that way, and I don't have support. And to be honest with you, I don't know what I'm going to do. It's like uh-huh. I uh, Key Club wants... Forty well, thirty seven fifty for a bar deposit. And I'm like, dude, it's a, it's a charity. <laughs> you know, I'm sober twenty three years. I won't be drinking. You know, <laughs> I'm sure those people walking but, in. You know, they want they want cat they want cash for a bar deposit and all this red tape and it's just really weird. And Let I'm me going, ask you Look, something. I just want people to bring canned goods. Let me ask you something. I am interrupt. Thirty seven fifty dollars. I already gave my grand. So, but if if someone came up with the thirty seven fifty for you, Key Club would be on. Key Club would be on. That's next Thursday. You hear that, folks? Thirty seven fifty. That's not a lot. <laughs> All we need is a deposit. That's a deposit. That's a bar deposit. You get it back, right? Get it back. But we're gonna give it as to long them. as everybody's drunk. I mean, if, <laughs> which you know. Well, you know what? You can't you, use the code word "free beer." But. <laughs> but if you're doing a charity, you're going to have people that are just going to go see you play, just because they want to see you play, and well, maybe it, even help you pa- pass out food. Well, yeah. What the the what the way it 
the way I planned it was that um, people would bring canned goods and get a discount admission. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, um, what kind of, how many cities? You said 30 cities. 30 cities. Have any book yet? I've got, yeah, I'm going, let's see, we start in Seattle. We go Seattle, Tacoma, Portland, down into Idaho, Salt Lake City, across to Denver. You know, and then we go into the Midwest. We're playing Ripper Owens' uh, Tap House, the singer from Judas Priest. Wow. It's now in England. Right. Yeah. So that, you know, it's, it's uh, then we go up into Pennsylvania. I'm working with Still Standing, who's from Philly. And then we go into Canada for a couple of shows. It's like certain places get it, and then certain places don't. You know, down in uh, Texas, they got it right away. And they go, look, there's a food bank right across the street in Portland, Oregon. He goes, we're next door to a church. They... They serve people food every day. So I go, look, you know, you tell people to bring canned goods, they get in for 10 bucks. You know, we'll just give a bunch of canned goods to the food bank. And then, dude, I fought with Tyson for two weeks. They were like, nah, mm -mm." and I just didn't take no for an answer. Now they've given me a food buy. They're willing to give me poultry products for a dollar a pound. And that includes free shipping to wherever I want it dropped off. So, you know. I'm thinking having the Tyson deal may influence s- some other big companies to get on board. But, sure. you know, I need, like, outlets like this to let the word out and sure. get, let people know that this is going on. And, you know, this is a good way to address the situation, which is an epidemic, is Americans helping fellow Americans. And rock out while you're at it. Exactly. So, you you know, um, you're like a hero. You're like they're turning yeah. out to be a hero. Dude, yeah. it could be me, man. You know, mm-hmm. it could be it could be me. I slept on the bus stop on the Hollywood Boulevard in Western, and vacuumed Buddy Miles' floors at his rehearsal studio. Wow! And and trade for a locker because you know you got to keep the gear. Right. In, in, yeah. You know, but yeah. I stayed on the bus stop. Right? <laughs> his gear's safe. The gear was safe, but I was on the bus stop. But you know, when I got that call from Buddy, his bass player caught pneumonia or something. And he was like, bass, I need you. And that was my break. Mm. I was sleeping on the bus stop, man. Right on. You know, I was hopping the fence at this apartment building to go go to the pool and take a shot every morning. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I, lo- I love music. I, I, I'm still into it. I'm, I'm working with this band called Snoo. And they're like a ACDC kind of blues kind of band. And I'm like a little boy when we play. It's just amazing. I, I just love it. We're working with Ken Scott who uh, produced Abbey Road with wow. the Beatles. Wow. He did Missing Persons, Pink Floyd. Wow. And Elton John, uh, David Bowie. So, you know, that's a great project. And, uh, you know, I love music, man. But, you know, that was that was uh, my break off that bus bench. And it's weird because when I released the Money Grind album, Right. I went to the I went uh, up uh, to the bus bench company and I rented like a hundred bus benches and I made sure that that bus bench was one of the benches <laughs> with this cover on it. So uh-huh. yeah, if you go, it, on, you got uh, that picture on your Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, it's on the Facebook. <laughs> a lot of people don't know the story behind it, but that bus bench was my home. <laughs> so, so look for Willie Bass on on Facebook and take a look at one of his pictures in his photo album. It's the picture of that. Uh, bus bench on Western and Hollywood, right? Yeah. 
There let, you go. Let me tell you, guys. Let me just uh, let me just tell the uh, listeners. Uh, the website is feedamerica-now.org. That's a dash, not a slash. Wait, it's a slash. It's not, a dash. It's a dash. Yeah. That's just the horizontal line, not the diagonal. And I don't mean slashes in the guitar. So it's feedamerica-now.org. Come on, everybody. It's at least because it's the holiday season. Make those phone calls. Get somebody involved. I know that there's people out there that are looking are looking for a place to to put their energies toward a good cause. And you know what? We got a rocker. Willie Bass is going to do. Willie this. Bass will go play over there if you just do this. How does this happen? Do you, do you, uh, does the sound engineer and everybody donate their time? No, that was what the thousand bucks was for. <laughs> the thousand bucks goes towards production, uh-huh. and the thirty-seven fifty. Actually, there's a seventy-five hundred dollar bar guarantee. Wow. So if the bar does over seventy-five hundred, then we start to get paid. But you but know, we got to make sure that the the club does seventy-five hundred bucks in in alcohol. That right. Night. But that's just the key club. You know, we're, yeah. we're going. We we're broadcasting all over when, the world. When when are you going to be at the key club? That's the seventeenth. That's next Thursday. Right on, right on. Provided that I get the money, November seventeenth. <laughs> hey, everybody, let's chip in. Pass the hat. You know, a buck or two for those less fortunate than you. <laughs> Listen, uh, you can go on Twin Talk Show, our Facebook, and you can find a Willie Bass. That's B A S S E. We were talking about that before the show. Or go to feedamerica-now.org, Mr. Willie Bass himself. It's uh, a nonprofit. It's a non- 501c3 corporation. So uh, if somebody wants to step up, I actually went to Larry Flint, and uh, you can get a tax credit. You know, all the all the, the donations are, are de- tax deductible. Tax deductible. Yeah. There you go. It's coming to that time of year, too, where it's the end of the year. So if we go to this website, we we know where you're playing. You'll know where I'm playing, and there's a big blue donate button. Right on. Go straight into PayPal. Dude. <laughs> This is a rocker with the cause, man. One more thing. I that's, mean, that's and, pretty and, and dope, you know, man. the statistics statistics are that three to three to ten percent uh, of donations get to the cause. This is a hundred percent going to the cause. Okay. So there's no middleman. There's no bureaucracy standing in between, like cool. the Red Cross or any of that. This is going straight to. So the if food I bring banks. a six pack, they're getting the whole six. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let me, let me, I think it's fantastic. I think it's awesome that you're doing this. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of people that have been around who've had the experience, life experiences that you've had that, you know, can get kind of uh, um, jaded. And I think it's really awesome that you're doing this. And the fact that um, you got pretty dope music too. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you so much. And, and the fact that oh, really? it's, you know that you're you're even seeing some challenges, but you're you've made to press on. That says a lot about you, and we appreciate that. And I hope our listeners step up. Cool. Anything? One more thing. Any one more thing you want to say to our listeners about this, or a statistic that you want them you want to leave them with before we uh, we let you go? Well, we we want to feed America now, and uh, next year I want to feed the world global because uh, it's a it's a world epidemic. It's not. You know, I, you see so many commercials with, with, you know, Feed Indonesia and the African. And, you know, I know that that's a problem. But, you know, we've got – you go four blocks in any direction right here in our own uh, backyard, and we've got people that are suffering. And it's, it's I don't think it's necessary. I think if we can help each other, then start right here and branch out. So, you know, 
I'm putting my money where my mouth is, and I'm getting in the van, and we're going out to do it. And you know what? It's worse than any other time since the Depression, folks. Remember that. And we're coming upon a cold era, a cold time, and uh, holidays. Dig in, folks. Dig in. Thank you very much, Mr. Willie Bass. Thank you. We Thank really you, appreciate it. All right, everybody, stay tuned. We'll be right back with my brother's Chill Lounge. Hug a twin today. Listen to Twin Talk with Jose and Angel, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Kick back. And listen. We all have fears, fear of flying, fear of dying, fear of the unknown, fear of losing control. But let's contemplate that fear that goes unnoticed. Sometimes we snap at strangers or loved ones out of fear and we don't even know it. We may act harshly or vindictively while grabbing at logical justifications to support our stance all the while reacting to a deep-seated fear we don't see or admit. This unseen fear is not without its repercussions. It can steer you like a ship without anchor, isolating you from others and reality, and simply make you and others have a shitty day. You see, fear, just like faith, is a force, yet They rely on your anticipation of something not yet seen. However, fear operates from a realm of selfishness. Its only function is to protect what's mine. But faith, on the other hand, operates in a realm of love, which no matter the outcome, it will always end in love. So consider this. In every situation, see love. And in every action, and every thought, be love. Chill. One love. And that's another edition of Angel's Chill Lounge. And that is the end of another show of Twin Talk with Jose and Angel. We want to thank you all for listening. Thanks to Mr. Willie Bass, Holmes. I, I... it's a pleasure to have uh, you here and for your cause and all that kind of stuff. It's a real honor to have you, Mr. Willie Bates. Thanks so much for coming to Theo Luis's Garage. Thanks to Jackie Casas for her current events. Welcome. <laughs> and Teddy's. 
Okay, everybody, remember, go to www.feedamerica-now.org. Mr. Willie Bass is performing concerts to feed America and eventually the world. November 17th, next week at the Key Club. That's a cool spot, and his music rocks. All right, everybody, remember to go to www.twintalkcast.com to listen to our podcast. And on iTunes, because we are iTwins. Good night, everyone. Shoo!